episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we will be joined by Rodney Hubbard Jr., founder of JanFam The Movement. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Hey, it's been a while since we talked. Today is September the 7th, and I think the last time we talked about Janet was like July 28th. Yeah, we usually don't talk about Janet unless we are recording, so we definitely have a lot to say. Plus, we recorded chats with Eldon Charles and Rodney Jr., the founder of Jam Fam the movement, that we want to share. Yeah, we got a lot to cover in the world of Miss Janet Jackson, so let's get right to it. Let's do it. Let's start with the news coming out of Janet Jackson's Metamorphosis. Billboard reported that she earned $13 million during her 18-show run in Vegas. Janet got the bag. <laughs> right, right, right. That was that was a good little 18 days. I mean, of course, we know a lot of work goes in between those shows and around those shows, but you know, that's that's not a not a bad haul for three weeks now she was like for those who forgot about miss jackson i still can bring them out yeah 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 there was a lot of talk about metamorphosis and how much it averaged per night according to billboard magazine averaging 722,000 in sales per night and selling around 4,000 tickets per night and they said that Mm -hmm. it puts her ahead of some of the other entertainers who have opened in vegas fairly recently not super recently head to head as far as opening runs um Mm -hmm. and in the last decade janet came out on top ahead of celine dion with the opening pace of seven hundred and four thousand in 2011 and then britney spears Mm -hmm. with six hundred and seventy nine thousand in 2013 and then the backstreet boys uh, most recently in 2017 um their opening pace was five hundred and ninety three thousand yeah it feels really good you know I always try not to put too much stock in money. Mm-hmm. I don't think people's worth should be measured with how much they can earn. Agree. But it, it feels really good to have Janet Jackson being recognized in 2019 as like still the one to beat. Yeah. Two things that actually stuck out. The first number to me is not the money number. It's the fact 4,000 tickets sold per night. 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of entertainers that wish they can get 4,000 tickets per night for a show. So that, to me, lets you know that her fan base is still out there and they're going to support Janet. Also, people don't don't talk about this, but a lot of superstars have tried Vegas and a lot of them don't work out. They went home with bad reviews, bad ticket sales. And Vegas was like, we can do without you. And there's a lot of competition. You got gambling, Mm -hmm. you got tourist attractions. So to be able to compete. Janet doing a thing. She's queen. Absolutely. And she's gotten so many great reviews. I'm just going to read one of my favorites. It was in Las Vegas magazine. And I'm going to just read a short bit from it because the guy was really effusive about her. So I'll just read some of my favorite portions. But it's Las Vegas magazine. And the article is called On the Scene with Brock Radke, Janet Jackson, Jabberwockies and more. Um, And it was in their July 26, 2019 edition. But the opening sentence, a singular star. Metamorphosis is a celebration of the music and spirit of one of the most iconic pop stars of all time. An effortless crowd pleaser of a show, the likes of which we haven't seen among the other resident headliner blockbusters on the strip. And then he goes on to say hardcore fans will celebrate right along with Janet and casual fans will become fanatics at Metamorphosis. 
And we witnessed a casual fan become a fanatic. Uh, <laughs> Elise from the MJ cast went to her first show as a casual fan and went back as a fanatic. So we know that there's truth in this article as well. I'm just glad that she's part of the fam. We got more room on the bus. Come on. We absolutely, need more people. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm excited because we, you know, we had a couple rough weeks here and we did not get to see janet in vegas you know we had our tickets for august 10 we were excited there was some other jam fan we knew they were going we were going to meet up with jimmy and just you know have a good time and celebrate what was supposed to be celebrating my 40th birthday but unfortunately Mm -hmm. my father did pass and it has been really tough we knew for a couple of months that it was coming but how fast it happened was really a shock he was a great dad granddad great granddad And he was a wonderful husband to my mother for nearly 52 years. Yeah. In the last few weeks, his hospital room stayed busy with folks who loved him and who just wanted to be in his presence. I still feel like the luckiest girl in the world to have had him for my father. And I miss him dearly. Yes, yes, yes. I did want to say that so many folks have been so good to not just me, but to my family and people I don't even know, like internet friends and folks listening to the podcast have, have reached out and, and, and sent well wishes and thoughts and prayers and, and just loving on me. And I appreciate that so much. Yes. Cammy, I thought about something. You and I had talked about how we hadn't seen each other in about 15 years outside mm-hmm. of a funeral. Mm-hmm. This trip to Vegas was going to be the first time we saw each other mm-hmm. outside of a funeral. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going to a funeral on the day. Where we were supposed to go, to go sell it. Yeah. Concert. But there is maybe a bit of good news. Mm-hmm. The final night of Metamorphosis DJ Active tweeted out, tonight is the last show of this leg of the Metamorphosis mm-hmm. Vegas residency. And he did shout out to the dancers, bands, crews, and et cetera. So I really like leaned into that this leg of Metamorphosis, <laughs> um, hoping that maybe there will be more shows to come. With those numbers, you got to bring them back. You got to. Yeah. Like like my band director used to say, let's do it one more time and see if it was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more time. Do it again. You might have Can it. I get an encore? <laughs> <laughs> but there are there is some good news out there because Janet is actually uh, just recently added Hawaii dates in November on the 20th and 21st. So she still is making her rounds. And I was actually surprised that she's was doing Hawaii yeah so she's got the two shows coming up September in September 14th mm-hmm. in Minnesota and then the 21st in San Francisco and these are mm-hmm. all billed as kind of like a special 30th anniversary celebration of Rhythm Nation so she's mm-hmm. got those shows and then it looks like she's taking some time off before heading out in November she's got stops in Perth and Melbourne and Sydney and Auckland to name a few and I think Q, you know, our other cousin from the MJF cast is going to catch her in Perth. I think it's Perth. <laughs> These dates have not been announced in any, like, chronological order. <laughs> we had the San Francisco date as the first date for a long time that was billed as kind of the special 30th anniversary celebration. And then sometime after that, we got 914. So the week before, she'll start out in Minnesota. She's going some places she hasn't been in a long time. And I know a lot of fans like in Australia and Hawaii have been, you know, clamoring for her to come their way. And so I'm just very excited that they're going to get a chance to see her up close and personal. Maybe she's going to take the whole month of October out, you know, to focus on the family, to get her body right, maybe revamp some things. So I think that she's just trying to pace herself because 
uh Janet has no nanny. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you're trying to be a single, when you are, not trying, when you are a single mother and you're trying to, you know, keep everything in check and make sure you give your child everything their needs, you got to take breaks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a blessing, one, that you could just like show up. Like Janet Jackson can just announce a show and people will show up. She can work when she wants to work and the people will come. So I think that that's a blessing. And I also think like you said, I'm, I'm very excited that she just gets to take a breather because uh, we all, mm-hmm. I think, thought she was going to take a breather out the state of the world. And it seems like she just kind of rolled right into getting ready for metamorphosis. And right. um, so yeah, so I'm glad that she'll get to take a little break and have a little vacation and enjoy her family and her son and all of that. And speaking of Janet taking breaks, she actually took time out of her schedule to do a special message for our icon, Missy Elliott, for the MTV Video Awards. Mm -hmm. When she received the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. Gotta say his name, (laughs) Michael, the king of pop. (laughs) And I thought it was so sweet. I thought it was touching. I mean, a lot of times in this industry, you always hear about fake friends. Janet and Missy actually have a genuine friendship. And it was just so touching for her to just to say, hey, Jack. I thought it was so darling. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, who the H is, who the H is Jack? (laughs) Well, you remember when she did that tribute, Missy talked about how Janet calls her Jack when they did the BMI tribute. So I thought, Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought it was funny that she was just like, hey, Jack. I was like, you do know that like most people don't know that. You call her Jackie. Right, yeah. But and I thought it was so great that it was really means Jack of all trades, which Missy is Mm -hmm. (laughs) a Jack of all trades. She can do it all. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And also too, um, the video was adorable. There was something in it that caught my attention though, because you know how I think somewhere in the video she says, you know, I I probably can count my real friends in this industry on one hand. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, all those people probably sitting at home, like all these celebrities who think they're friends with Jan, like, am I in the five? <laughs> and Missy actually did an interview with Angie Martinez, and she talks about, number one, that she was sick, and she actually did that performance mm-hmm. for the, still did the MTV performance, which lets you know that Missy is a dedicated performer. Yeah, I want to I want to interrupt you right there for a second, because that performance was amazing. Like, I mean... <laughs> I'm still not really over it. And it was just because of the way that they like really brought her videos to life Mm -hmm. and how quickly they did the transitions, how Mm -hmm. crisp those dancers were crisp, how good they looked on the stage. And just like really, they really put out a performance. One we haven't seen. I was like, if it wasn't for these 50 year olds on this stage, because the other group that killed it was Queen Latifah and all of them. And I was just like, like, listen, listen, our seasoned citizens are really giving us the business. Uh, I, I just I'm not over it. Like whatever, Missy, I don't know what she's drinking, what kind of exercise she's doing, but like her creative vision her creative ingenuity is still top notch like she has not lost a beat and i'll say that too with the new ep she put out it's only like four songs maybe five songs but my gosh she hasn't lost a step i would love to see what she could do with like a normani like wow missy hasn't lost a step (laughs) she hasn't how do you do something for like what 30 years and you don't 
lose a step. I think Missy is in that category of she knows what her fans expect of her. She knows what she expects of herself. So she could have easily said, I'm going to do a couple of songs, get on here and just say, you know, thank you for the award. But she knows that her work is such high quality like she set the bar so high (laughs) yeah so for her to come out there the way she did even i was like missy you didn't have to do all this for us we know (laughs) you know we could go on youtube and rewatch these videos but missy was like no let me show you what i how it looked like (laughs) and her dancers were on point those babies showed out Mm -hmm. though i mean i was just like wow and then she brought back Allison? Yep. And Allison was like, oh, this is my time. Yeah, she really Look. did. <laughs> she, she was giving that face too, like, mm-mm. I she looked just like her could. little 11-year-old self. But what was hilarious was the next day where somebody took the music out and put, like, NBA court squeaks under her. Did you yes. see that? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> she was wrecking the flow, man. man. Another highlight, though, of that was, like, Missy saw that and, like, sent a little shout-out and a thank you. And that was one of the things, too, where, like, you just know that Missy is such a considerate and compassionate person because I felt like she spent, like, the next four days trying to watch every video and respond to every tweet and say thank you to everybody. This really meant something to her. At this stage in the game, you know, where Missy has done so much, it's hard to imagine that that, you know, she still would get really excited over an award or still just feel really grateful for something like this. And you can tell that she really does. Like, she is genuinely grateful. And I think that's why good things come to her. You know, like, if you stay humble and you are filled with gratitude and you stay open and you do people right, good things will come. And I just, I'm just happy that good things are coming to Missy. Well, I do know why good things come to Missy. Can I just, just take a moment to explain why? Enlighten us. It's because Missy is a cancer her she's a cancer <laughs> and her birthday just so happens to be july 1st which uh-huh, right. coincidence uh-huh. it's my birthday <laughs> so cancers are loving people we have a hard shell we are but we're loving we are so i think that's what happens to, it's this that's that it's the cancer sign it probably Shout is out to Miss Elliot. <laughs> it probably is it probably is all right all right so we're gonna t- take this back from the missy Elliott stand show and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wait no we're not we got one more thing to say because my favorite part of her interview with angie martinez is when yes. she was telling the story about when she first met janet and basically she was telling a story about how she speaks so softly that she couldn't hear anything and my favorite was like you know when she, she's imitating janet but she's like just moving her lips she's not saying anything <laughs> and then she goes i was like yo what i can't hear nothing <laughs> but the fact that gil had to translate yeah, for janet to miss it yeah i was upset i was like now nah, you know if you gotta do telephone you can turn it up a little bit <laughs> all right all right all right uh what else we got to talk about it's so much we're trying to get through it oh let's talk about a little family news tj jackson tito's son uh, released a solo debut single called Insomnia. He released it on September 6th. What you think? Well, you know, at one point in my life, I thought me and TJ were going to be married until, yes, no. until I read the <laughs> CD notes and he said, hey, love you, Kim. <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> like TJ has such a soulful voice. I always felt like of the three T, he had the soulful voice. 
and it's really R&B. I was shocked. It was so squarely R&B. I don't know what I expected because, you know, he had been on kind of a media blitz and talking about mm-hmm. the song. But I don't know mm-hmm. what I expected, but I did not expect it to be so squarely R&B. <laughs> I like it. I thought the instrumentation, like when you when the song first starts, like the instrumentation just blows you away. Mm-hmm. I think the vocal arrangements are really good. It's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. He's singing about sex like his auntie. Hey. Listen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good song. If he ever performs this song live, I think he will really tear it up. TJ has it. He has this error about him. He's just like, when you see TJ, you see a not only is he nice looking no he's definitely that he has his presence and then he knows how to work the crowds if you ever watch like all three t performances he just has it so i'm glad that he's putting out the music i'm glad he's sticking to his r&b roots i do want him to try to expand a little bit but i think that may be more to come and i think the ep comes out early early 2020 i think he said on sway like in january so that's kind of a long ways away i need more now (laughs) (laughs) unlike you you know i was not um infatuated everything i ever learned about 3t i learned from you um so (laughs) so i didn't know what to expect so it's interesting that you say he he was kind of the more soulful one even back then when they were the group Yep. But yeah, because I like I really like Terrell's album that came out earlier this year. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if TJ gives us more of this more true R&B soulfulness or if he will experiment and include some other things on there as well. But either way, I don't think you can go wrong because his voice is amazing. He has a, a beautiful tone to his voice. He's got those Jackson Timbers mm-hmm. in there. And so, yeah, so all the best to that dude. Hey, you know what? I'm actually mad at you. Oh, I'm sorry. What I do? What I do? Because you sent me that photo. <laughs> what for? A G- T- ah! uh, put- <laughs> I forgot. And, <laughs> and we, we, I wish when you sent me that photo, <sighs> I said to myself, "Okay, I know I'm a Jackson maniac because I'm sitting up there like I want this T.J. Janice child. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the features." like were like out there i'm just like wow yeah so i can't remember where i found that photo i think i found it on um uh sean's twitter but somebody had posted a photo of uh they had done a face swap with janet jackson so they had done a female to male face swap and honestly the face swap literally just looks like one of tito's sons like it doesn't look it looks like tj yeah see i thought it looked a little like tarot but it definitely it's definitely a son of tito's <laughs> like but you know a jackson when you see a jackson <laughs> you know like they just have that feature so yeah 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 yeah. i forgot i sent that to you my bad <laughs> yeah still mad at you <laughs> oh so there's been a little bit more drama with the jackson family yes 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 a little background there was a kerfluffle involving 50 cent and paris but to tell you how they got there 50 cent had decided to post on his instagram that chris brown was basically the new mj and he was trying to say chris brown was better than mike okay oh uh, so 50 cent posted cb better than mj to me now i can't believe mike wanted to touch the little boy's booty 
Not very long after that, you know, of course, MJ fans started commenting uh, about how that was incorrect and rude. Um, But even Chris Brown, like very shortly thereafter, went to post all of Michael Jackson's stats um, kind of in response. Like, I found it very interesting that the person that you were trying to champion was like, nah, bruh, sit down and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Because Chris knows. Yeah, yeah. He knows. Yeah. (laughs) You know how I feel about him personally, but not to take away from his musical accomplishments. Right. Um, You know, Chris Brown is a superstar, but I don't know what we have to do to convince people that you'll never have another Michael Jackson. Maybe this. Maybe this. I was looking at the vinyl charts, vinyl sales. And the reason I was looking was to see how Janet had been doing. And she did Mm -hmm. when she released her vinyl. um, She had Mm -hmm. three of them enter the top 25. But also mm-hmm. on that same chart was Michael Jackson's Thriller, where it had been for mm-hmm. 140 weeks. Mm-hmm. He is not alive. <laughs> <laughs> he is not going to concert. He has not re-released any new music. <laughs> Preach. And um, he's still on the chart. So I, I just like for people who are like worried about the legacy and like he's still firmly here. Right. Yes. So for, you know, 50 Cent to just be casting stones for no good reason that's one thing um but then after that a lot of fans started to get irate because they felt like the jackson family was not adequately responding to 50 cent right paris was eventually coaxed into getting involved because so many fans had been tweeting at her right and pretty much paris handled it so professionally and so with so much maturity that you just have to give her her kudos and her props you do she didn't really want to give him any more attention than what he was getting at the time but because of how persistent the michael jackson fans are she had to say something and she was like she wasn't going to give it much thought and she wasn't going to respond to someone who hasn't been relevant in a decade pretty much like you're not even on my radar and so 50, instead of him saying, hey, my bad for trying to defame your dad, he comes back, was like, you know, he said, why am I the bad guy? I understand how you feel, Paris, but does anyone care how the little boy's butts feel? And that's where I was like, really, dude, the reason why I got mad about the part where he says little boy's butts, how the little boy's butts feel is because that's a serious matter. It's a serious allegation and you shouldn't make yeah. it into a joke. But the thing is, say you believed it. Say you believed it. I don't believe it, but say you do believe the allegations against Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. To me, if 50 Cent believe these allegations, he are not treating the allegations with the seriousness that one would mm-hmm. if they believe the allegations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the part that really got to me. I was like, it's it's not funny. It's it's very corny. And I just wonder what he's trying to promote. Because apparently he's trying to get himself back in the limelight for whatever reason. I don't know what he's about to try to sell us some more vitamin water. Or I don't know what is coming. Um, but he's trying to raise his status again. And just Paris's response. I want to read it a little bit. She said, I really wasn't that worried. This is what she said in a tweet. The only reason I heard about it is because the fandom were blowing me up about it. It was irrelevant, mm-hmm. but it'll probably gain traction and he'll get the attention he wants now that I have responded forced hand. Hopefully this won't have to happen again. Right. Once again, <laughs> she's very mature. I don't know what boot camp. The Jackson family sends their kids to, their grandkids to. I don't know how they handle it, but she handled it so well. 
I wish people would understand. And TJ said this um, on Sway in the Morning. Uh, he was saying that the Jackson family has been trying to get their story out. That's why I was mad at Oprah. I was mad at Oprah because she could have easily picked up the phone and called a member of the Jackson family and said, hey, I gave them their time on the air to speak their piece. I want to give you guys the same opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about what Paris said, though, because, you know, she made some remarks and I, I, I didn't read them as, you know, I just read them as like very well thought out and mature thoughts but some people took some offense to them but basically she was saying that the fandom basically bullied her and she's watched this fandom and not just this fandom but she was like lots of fandoms have folks Mm -hmm. who work extremely for good and then they have folks who just go around and abuse other people even people in their own fandom or other fandoms and her her point was like anytime you take an action you need to take it with love right and and not bully and harass people and she was saying that my father's legacy is intact we're not worried about it but what it made me think about is like the fandom really bullied her and like do you not do you do do you really think that she's not concerned about her father and that you telling her to be concerned about her father is the only reason she would be concerned about her father we lost michael jackson and we all hurt but this was her father And so I think we can give advice. We can have an opinion. But when she chooses to do something else or not do something, that should be that. And the same, you know, it's like the fandom constantly bullies Janet Jackson. She can't go anywhere. She can't have an ice cream cone without somebody talking about you need to stand up for your brother. And they obviously have a strategy. They decided not to give light to weak allegations and not to provide mm-hmm. free press. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Janet Jackson had talked about Leaving Neverland, how many more people would have gone out and watched Leaving Neverland? Right. <laughs> so they have a strategy. Mm-hmm. And I think that we just need to allow them to live their lives. They belong to us, but more than that, they belong to each other and to do what they think is in the best interest of their families. And I think that we all have to respect that, even if we mm-hmm. disagree. Right. I agree. I agree. And I understand the passion of the fans. And I think Janet, this is what I want Janet to do. Because if I'm not mistaken, her and 50 are going to see each other again. And I hope she just kind of gives him that check, you know, checks him a little bit. And she don't have to do it publicly. Do it privately. Sometimes you don't have to do stuff out in the public for everybody to see it. Sometimes you have to do it behind closed doors. So she could probably get Gil to translate to 50. Hey, stop you know, messing with my brother. <laughs> right. Because they're on the ticket together. So that Janet will headline uh, Friday Jams in Auckland. And mm-hmm. 50 Cent is actually one of the openers for that show. See? See how it all works out? <laughs> He's opening for the queen. Yeah, and- she-, she could easily say, mm I know you need this money, but I don't want him opening for me. Yeah, you know she could do something like that. You know, she could be a gr- she could be savage if she wants. She to. could, and you know, but you know, this is the second time they've been on the same ticket in a little bit. Um, you and I never talked about it, but she did the Jetta World Fest, and Fifty was mm-hmm. on the ticket. Future, Tyga, Chris Brown, um, you know, all those folks. It was kind of a last minute addition, mm-hmm. and a little controversy about it. There too. was definitely some <laughs> controversy about it. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but uh, I had some feelings and a lot of people <laughs> had some feelings. OK, like the, I, I I can kind of remember the day before and the day of 
there was a lot of feelings from the from Janet fans and, and detractors as well. The human rights organization came out against her performing there. And the Human Rights Foundation and other organizations that asked artists not to perform in Saudi Arabia, uh, mostly due to gender segregation and women's rights, but also to poor treatment of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for a host of reasons, uh, mostly to do with uh, human rights violations, um, people entertainers and a lot of folks have been uh, basically boycotting that region. And so at the last minute, I think it was Nicki Minaj who pulled out literally like days mm-hmm. ahead. And um, I, Janet was yeah, at it like two days before the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go first on your opinion about that. Um, I have so many opinions about it, but the first, so my initial was like, Oh girl, no, that was my initial. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh baby, what is you doing? <laughs> But that only lasted like 15 minutes because the United States does not have the moral high ground on anything, not LGBTQ rights, not women's rights, nothing. We have the moral high ground on nothing, nothing like we currently have families separated and in detention camps. We currently have families who are being sent back basically to their death they came here as refugees and they are being deported to conditions that almost guarantees their death right we do not have the moral high ground so if janet jackson can perform in las vegas or austin texas or dayton ohio she can perform anywhere so that's my first feeling about it Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. too my second feeling was she's earned the right her reputation on women's rights and LGBTQ plus rights. Her reputation precedes her. And so if anybody should be given the benefit of the doubt and believe that these actions, she's weighed the pros and the cons and she believes more good will be done by her performing than not. Because let's not trip. She don't need the money. Mm -hmm. So this was a moral decision. She weighed the pros and the cons and she decided that more good would be done by her appearing than not appearing. And whether I agree with that or not, It's not important. I give her that leeway because she's earned it. Because we give leeway to a lot of people who have not earned it. And don't even deserve it. (laughs) No, right, right. But also the other thing I thought about was a lot of people in those countries don't agree with their government. And they are Mm. upset and unhappy. And they deserve joy, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about here in the United States. Can you imagine if people were just like, um, we're not coming there. They don't deserve it because their government is trash. Trust me, there's people from other countries who are looking at the United States saying their government is trash. For sure. But my, I'm just going to be real quick with my opinion about it. I wasn't mad at Janet or nothing like that. I was more on the lines of what you were saying. When you listen to music, it takes you to another place, you know. And like for a second there, you're free. And I imagine when they went to that concert, they were free. Because they were surrounded by people who love this artist and they're able to escape their troubles. I mean, how many times have you hopped in your car after a hard day at work and you put on your music and you just let your frustration out? So by the time you get home, you good. You can tend to your family, your friends and do things like that. Mm -hmm. So I took her trip as a way of saying, hey, I know right now your government may not recognize you. Your government may not show the love and appreciation for you as a human being. But I'm going to give you a show to make you forget about that and let you know that you are love. I love you enough to come here and to give you that joy. Yeah. Well said. 
mm-hmm. I I did have one gripe about it that still kind of <laughs> still kind of. I just gave you positivity. You did. Right I know. There. I'm gonna ruin it too, but we're gonna fix it. I don't know how yet. I don't know how yet. We're gonna fix it. But I did have okay. My one, my one, like it still grinds my gears. Is I didn't want her to be on that ticket. First of all, I didn't want her to be anybody's second choice. And so, like, when all those people canceled and they called her, I was like, oh, no. But that's how, you know, like, when you stay in a superstar who has no ego, that's going to happen. <laughs> but my other thing was, like, she she was not on a ticket with people who were, like, well known for and <laughs> championing human rights. And so that was the other part that got me. I was like, she's not in great company when it comes to women's rights, human rights, and LGBTQ rights. Um, as far as some of their other performers on the ticket. Well, I think everybody that was on that ticket was last minute because I think the original lineup was Nicki Minaj, Chris Brown and others, but all of them pulled themselves. So they were just scrambling to find somebody. So that, that may be why that ticket wasn't. Uh, yeah, like, I agree. I, I'm for sure. That's how it happened. But still, and, and she might not have even known who else was on the ticket yet when she mm-hmm. said yes. Um, so I'm sure there's a number of reasons that could happen. Yeah. But anyhow, anywho, anywho, what else? I checked out a single called That Janet Joint by an artist called The Black Lotus. And I'm feeling it. I love it, actually. You love it took it? me a, Okay. I I love it. Yeah. So the song is by Adrena Martin, aka The Black Lotus. It'll be hard to find. If you're looking for it, look for the B-L-K-L-T dollar sign. But it is a remake of Janet Jackson's 1993 hit, That's the Way Love Goes. And you say you love it. Love it. Reason why I love it is because many, 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 many episodes ago, I was like, I wanted Janet to do like a soul trap song. You did. You said that. And I'm telling you, Janet voice will work on a trap soul beat. And this song proves it. I just listened to it like four times and I was saying to myself, this is what I want Janet Nick's project to be like. And it still gives me that vibe of that sensuality that Janet songs always have to me. So I love it. I, I actually emailed my sister or text my sister and said, hey, check this out. And I put the link there. So I'm waiting for her to give me some feedback. But I like it. I love it, man. I listen to it and I like it as well. I I don't know if I'm ready to commit love, but I'm mad at it. <laughs> like I, I'm not mad at it. It's it's really nice. Uh, it's different, but it's the same, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the beat is sparse. She uses her voice very well over the beat. Um, mm-hmm. She gives kind of that breathy delivery, but it's not like an imitation because sometimes when people try to sing like janet it don't work yes yeah and the interesting thing and i was like this is a bold choice like this might be a girl who's going places this is not only her you know her first janet jackson cover this is her very first single your very first single out the gate and Mm -hmm. you got the guts to do a janet jackson song Mm -hmm. and do it well like she did it really well and so this song is going to be from her project and it might be out called joints the smoke sessions and she's mm-hmm. basically going to do several other r&b classics so i'm looking forward to what comes next mm-hmm. so that's really all we have time for in janet jackson news i know we could talk forever and ever but we do want to get to our chat <laughs> let's do it 
Today we are chatting with Rodney Hubbard, better known as Junior, founder of Jam Fam the Movement, a non-for-profit fan engagement program honoring Janet Jackson through music, creativity, and dance education. We want to talk a little bit more about that and a big event you have coming up on September 21st in honor of the 30th anniversary of Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. But first, we want to learn a little bit more about you. So, Junior, tell us about when you first fell in love with Janet Jackson. When I first fell in love with Janet, I had to be two or three years old. And I was in my aunt's room one day being nosy, you know, flipping through her VHS tapes. And I saw the Rhythm Nation short film. And I don't know how I was able to operate a VCR. Don't ask me how I did it, but I popped it in and I was hooked. I was like, what is this? And I just was captivated just by the whole film, the look of it, the style, the music, but specifically the dance. Something just drew me to that. And I just started to practice the moves. And my aunt came home. And she noticed I was doing the moves the right way. Mind you, I'm three years old doing (laughs) the chair routine and trying to get it right. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. (laughs) And I just, and and for her, she was like, wow, you're really dedicated to this. So what she would do, (laughs) she had these, uh, these plastic chairs she got from like the dollar store. And they were so cheap when I was practicing the routine, I would break like one of the legs. So every day she would buy me a new chair. <laughs> That's too funny. So I could get the moves down packed. And I was just so focused because like, I was like, I'm going to be a Janet Jackson dancer one day. And I was just, I was just captivated by it. And I just never stopped wanting to learn from her artistry ever since then. So do you recall the first time you saw Janet live? Yes, it was January of 94 at the Sundome. Uh, it's now called uh, Tropicana Field in uh, St. Pete. And I remember walking there. I had my rhythm. Well, I had my aunt's Rhythm Nation tour t-shirt because <laughs> I was too young to go to the show. Dude, and I remember <laughs> I remember the, the guy working at the merch table. He was like, oh, you can't wear that in there. So he gave me one of the new Janet tour t-shirts. He was like, you're so handsome. You're so adorable and have a great time, little man. And he gave me all this free merch. And I was like, whoa, my aunt's like. That is too cool. So how old were you then? I was, uh, this is 95, no, 94. I want to say five years old. So you had your first Janet Jackson concert, five years old, and you walk in and you are bestowed with regalia, Janet Jackson regalia for your first experience. It's even crazy (laughs) because I remember my aunt had to use the bathroom. So I'm waiting for her. And this lady was like, oh my God, you're so adorable. So she gave me a tour book and all these like photos and stuff like that. I guess they had like, you know, some people that were selling like unauthorized merch and stuff like that. Yeah. So she gave me all this stuff. So my aunt gets out of the bathroom. She was like, where'd you get that from? I'm like, this nice lady gave it to me. She said, I was cute. So she's like, boy. <laughs> so we go First into. First, I sh- want to say that. Sorry, go ahead. Aunts are the unsung heroes of Janet Jackson introductions. It's so funny the number of people I know who like got into Janet Jackson because of an aunt. Yes. So what was the show? Uh, it was the this Janet, was the Janet tour. tour. Yeah, it was the okay. Janet tour. And oh gosh, I'm I'm remembering all this stuff now. I remember I was so scared of fireworks as a kid. I didn't like loud noises. And Janet show had pyro. And I got, <laughs> sure did. oh God, I got so scared. I'm like, what is this? And then once I realized it was Janet and the dancers, I was just hooked. And I just remember looking at the guys on the control rigs, the guys working like the video stuff. And I'm just 
paying attention to everyone that's making the show work. Just remember like looking around saying, I want to do this one day. I want to, you know, be a part of whatever this is for her. And that's kind of like what crafted me doing all this creative stuff for JFM, the movement. That's awesome. Man, I'm excited for you and your five-year-old self. I think when I was five, I think I saw uh, Sesame Street Live. So oh, nice. <laughs> you had quite, <laughs> quite the experience. <laughs> Bring us forward to your first meeting with the first time you met Janet. Oh, God. This was around the time when all of the dancers reunited for the uh, Hollywood Bowl show. I had met Tish at one of the classes Anthony taught I think it was the day before the show. And we hit it off really well. Um, so fast forward, they do the, the performance and I go to the after party. And um, for some reason, I, I just, I was outside. I was like feeling kind of weird. A lot of stuff happened that day. So Tish walks by again. She's like, hey, what's up, man? I said, oh, I'm gonna leave. You know, I'm not really feeling the party. It's not my thing. She said, no, no, come with me. I was like, well, they won't let me back there. I don't have for them. She's like, no, no, I got you. So I go back there and she was like, just stand right here for a minute. So I'm chilling with my homegirl, and all of a sudden, here comes Janet. I was just like, oh, snap, this is it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my homegirl, she's shaking. She's like, grab my hand, shake. I'm like, girl, this is not the time to, to mm -mm, don't do it. You know, we ain't supposed to be back here. And she's like shaking. like, oh, my gosh. I said, I know, girl. You're like, don't act up. Right? I'm like, we are not supposed to be back here. And so she introduces my friend, and then she um, starts whispering stuff in Janet's ear about what I was doing. I couldn't hear exactly what she was saying, but I saw Janet's eyes kind of get a little bit big. And then she just looked at me and she just gave me like that, that, that gorgeous smile. And she stuck out her hand. She was like, so nice to finally meet you, you know, in her soft voice. And I think I froze for like a split second because <laughs> I just, I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> because I had no idea, you know, that she would find out about what I was doing. So just to kind of hear her say that, I was just like, wow, thank you. You know, thank you for the opportunity. It's nice to meet you as well. And that was it. Well, that is pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All because cool. of Tish. So big out, big shout yeah. out to, to Tish for making that happen. For me. Tish seems so cool. I remember when I was a kid watching her on those specials with like Bill Bellamy and all of that. And I remember thinking, me and Tish could be friends. Like, yes. could. <laughs> Tish is one of those people like she, she's crazy for real, but she's such a sweetheart. So so let's talk more about the Jam Fam, the movement. OK. So, of course, I've seen the videos of Jam Fam, the movement of you and many of our favorite Janet Jackson dancers like Anthony Thomas and Terry Bixler and Tina Landon leading very intense dance workshops where you all learn and perform some of Janet's most iconic choreography with many of the very people who choreographed those original moves. I did a little digging around on your website and just trying to learn a little more about the organization. So I saw that your mission is to create meaningful connections by offering talent exposure and affordable arts related events. Um, but I was just trying to find out a little bit more, like how did it happen? Well, how it really began, it wasn't supposed to be uh, this, this, you know, dance program and, and community outreach endeavor. I originally was was on the Unbreakable tour um, and I had some cameras and I wanted to meet fans that had incredible stories on how Janet had impacted their life. So I was going to go meet up with them at different shows. And unfortunately, she had canceled it. And then I was just hearing and reading you know, all the negative press from the media and some fans that were like upset that you know, oh, I spent my money and blah, 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 blah. And I just felt like she didn't deserve that because it's like, you know, let her be a, a mom for once. Let her live her life. You know, 
Stop treating these artists like they're products. You know, we're human beings after all. So I saw this huge empty space that needed to be filled and out and doing something that was positive, but yet something that was never done before. And one of the stops on the Unbreakable tour, I think, was in L.A. And I was going to try to find some of the original dancers and choreographers and, you know, catch up with them and see you know, what's going on with their life. And maybe we can do some type of workshop. So that idea never left my mind. So I reached out to Mike and he um, was able to reach out to some of the former kids like Rob Vinson, who's an amazing choreographer and dancer from the Bell Rope era. Um, Terry Pixler, um, Anthony Thomas, and we had Omar come and speak for about an hour or so with the kids regarding his experience. And for that point in time, like I didn't even know Omar was still around. So it was a huge surprise for me because, you know, all of these mm-hmm. people I grew up watching on, on film are, you know, in a building of something I'm, I'm, I'm putting together for other people. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't expect for the turnout that we had. It was like a lot of kids in there and it was it was something I felt was like a true dream come true. Like I felt Janet was mm-hmm. there. Like I felt like she was just going to pop up. I know we're pregnant. But hey, you guys, you know, <laughs> it, it felt like that, you know, and it was it was a really magical day. I will say that. Um, and something told me, why don't I just keep doing this in L.A.? See how well it does, um, you know, because I've tried doing it in other states, but it's just me running all this stuff. And, and you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not for profit. So it's not like I'm making money off of this. It's really a community based effort. So if anybody would want something like this, you know, drop me email and we'll we'll try to make this happen. You've really built a community around Janet Jackson that is physically located in LA, but it really feels worldwide. How did you first notice that like this thing's really taken off? It's just, for me, it still feels unreal because like yeah. looking at some of the stuff on social media and looking at some of the past footage, I'm like, wow, I did all this just from a, a thought, a thought, you know, and, you know, doing jam and the movement, it's kind of re me reliving my childhood and the things that I wanted to do, but I wanted to do it where not only I benefited from it, you know, by getting out my creative energy, but also providing a service for the community and kids that are also creative and, I want to get into the business. Oh, okay. Have you always wanted to work with the youth or? You know, growing up in Clearwater, we didn't have a lot of opportunities. And I knew there was somewhere kids like me that would want something mm-hmm. like this. And I, I feel like I have a social responsibility to pay it forward to others mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't have things like this. And a lot of kids that have come to my program, you know, some of them auditioned for Janet and, and most of them gotten jobs from what we've done. Not only we, you know, focus on the dance, but I have people that help volunteer. I have people that, you know, do video stuff. And I tell them to put this on their resume. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty special. And I just, I'm just thankful because, you know, this whole thing, it didn't have to be me. It could have been somebody else. God could have chose another kid. You know, sometimes I pinch myself and, you know, is this still real? You know, am I actually doing this? Uh, (laughs) Yep, and you're here. (laughs) Um, So tell us about September 21st. There is a lot of buzz around celebrating the 30th anniversary of Rhythm Nation. What are you guys planning and uh, how can people participate? Well, um, it's it's more of a theatrical experience. So this is more of a performance, not necessarily a workshop. Well, the workshop is only 10% of what we're doing. I want to give fans something different that they're not used to, of course, 
we'll be teaching a piece of choreography. But I wanted to give them something more to honor this this remarkable album because it's the album that that changed my life and made me even want to do something like this. So I feel like won't we give mm-hmm. them something to really commemorate Rhythm Nation as an entire piece. So we're having a couple of tribute performances, interactive video um, things going on on the screen. We're also showcasing the original short film from the laser disc. They don't make laser discs. Whoa. So <laughs> yeah, we're doing, yeah, we're, we're showcasing that um, as well as inviting some of the original Rhythm Nation dancers to talk about their experience with the project and the tour. And um, we're having a lot of, uh, let's see, memorabilia. We have merchandise. It's, it's really going to be a show, meaning covering every song, um, going over every bit of the material oh. and really give some something really refreshing for the audience to look at. Gotcha. That's awesome. So I want to just quiz you a little bit here with Rhythm Nation. What's the one track Uh-oh. that always like, we, whether it's on your playlist, on your phone, what's the one track from Rhythm Nation you just, you just, you can't live without? One track? Oh, man. One track. And I'm hoping you say mine, my favorite track. But <laughs> well, uh, this is this is a really complex answer because I have two. But okay. one default is the knowledge. That's fair because it's so good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh God, it's something about that beat. I don't know. It, it, oh, I love it. it. I love dancing to it, and every time I play it, it's just like it's timeless. It's like I'm listening to it for the first time because it's so out of this world. So that's that's my favorite track to dance to, but. The one song I always listened to was Lonely. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Because yeah. I feel like being 100% honest, that is a song that describes me best. Even as a kid, I've always resonated to that song due to like the, even the intro with with, with the, the um, Indian flute, like something about that always captivated me. As I got older, I finally realized <laughs> what the lyrics were talking about. And I was wow, like, oh yeah. God, this is so me, you know? feeling so mm-hmm. alone and deserted with people staring around. Like I don't like attention and you know, I was always, you know, alone and I used to suffer from a lot of abandonment issues. So that was a song I went to to comfort me in those times where I did feel like oh, yeah. it got a little deep there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but I don't mind the deepness. I don't mind. That's, that's, that's just. What's your favorite track? It's always going to be Miss You Much. Oh, I just It's yeah. just something about that beat. It's about the choreography. It's something about, it's just the whole production. And it was like, the intro made me, always makes me freeze. I totally relate with that one. I totally relate with that one. Did you have anything else you want to tell us about Jam Fam the movement? Uh, gosh, how do I start this combo? Um, I know when I started this, a lot of people were kind of like, I know I, I ruffled a, a few feathers every now and then because it's like, you know, I brought back all the, you know, original kids. And, you know, what I want people to know is that, you know, I'm not trying to shy away from what's being done now. It's just that, you know, in order to move forward, you still have to, you know, be reminded of the past, but also mm-hmm. um, pay respect to the stuff that came before. And that's yeah. all that I'm doing. You know, those people need to be honored for that great body of work that they produced. It was really the foundation, you know, that's right. That, mm-hmm. that core team established for us, like the what we think of the modern idea of a precision dance troupe like that. Yes, they established that, was, that. Yes, yes. And I know, you know, fans are going to get mad at me for saying this. I don't care. But, you know, I give thanks to Renee Elizondo because without his creative 
involvement, Rhythm Nation wouldn't have been the way it was. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know this, and I do my research, but the name Rhythm Nation was derived from this cheesy, oh God, this cheesy 80s movie that he and I think Anthony and Terry were in called Body Rock. And the club that they were dancing in was called The Rhythm Nation. So Wow. Fun. I don't yeah. think I knew that. Yeah. 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 You know, I looked up to Renee for his creative involvement and how he was able to take a vision and accompany Janet into making whatever project she was on bigger than what it was. And I can't, you know, not acknowledge that. You know, I know a lot of people have their perceptions or whatever. I don't care because that's their personal life. We don't know what was going on. I really don't care about that. But what I'm not going to do is act like his involvement didn't matter. And that's another reason why I wanted to honor this Rhythm Nation album, too, because, you know, he had a huge involvement with that from the videos, from the direction to the art, you know, just the way things should look and feel. You know, he, you know, the dancers on the on the project, you know, were his old dancing buddies from um the uh gosh, Terry's gonna kill me for not remembering this dance group. Um LA City Rockers. Yes, yes, yes. LA City Rockers, yeah. Him, Anthony, Renee, Jazzy, all those guys were in the Janet videos. Look at when I think of you. Mm-hmm. That's Renee in there. That's Jazzy J in there. Um, all right video, Jazzy J's in there. You know, all those core people. Did did Tina come from that group too? Uh Tina uh, yeah, Tina said she did, you know, do a little bit with the L.A. City Rockers, <laughs> but she said she wasn't the best locker. But, yeah, she was a part of all that. Yeah, she was a part of all that, all those guys. And I felt like they need to be recognized for those achievements because nobody else was doing it right at the beginning of us taking off. Unfortunately, Mike passed away and he was my right hand man with this entire project. You know, he reached out to the kids. He got a lot of dancers mm-hmm. to show up. And I, I'm glad I did what I did because, you know. I honor his memory now by continuing this. That's something he wanted me to do. Because, you know, there were days where I was having a lot of stress with this project, you know, and things that were going on behind the scenes and I wanted to give up. And, you know, he always told me, no matter what happens, you know, good or bad, just keep on going. It's going to pay off. Yeah, well, it certainly has. Kudos, man. Just, man, it's just awesome what you're doing. Junior, what is something you learned about Janet via her dancers or something you learned about the dancers who come to teach your classes that was a surprise to you? <laughs> um, well, I answer both questions. Something I learned about Janet from my experience and in, in, in putting Jam Family Movement together is <laughs> this stuff is difficult. <laughs> like for us, we're in there for, you know, each workshop class is like an hour and a half, maybe two hours most. And these kids are learning complex routines in a short amount of time, opposed to, you know, the original dancers learning it within a week or two. So to experience that, like, it shows the true work ethic that not only Janet has, but the dancers and people that put on each production. It's like how dedicated and committed they are to, you know, getting everything right. And, and, and you know, with the dancers, just everybody is just great. And every fan that comes up to them and wants to take a picture, they're so receptive, so warm and so giving. And they stay into the last fam, you know, gets their picture. And, you know, that really touches my heart because they didn't have to do all that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of those things, too, that you can kind of just feel, you know, we've we haven't talked to many dancers, but we we talked to Jimmy and uh, we're a huge fan of the Kelly Alexander show. And she speaks to a lot of the dancers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you can just tell is like Janet Jackson dancers are different. They're not just great technicians of dance. Right. They're good people. Yeah. 
Um, and I feel like that's intentional. Like she's not just screening for like, can you do the moves, but also the character of the individuals. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's imagine for a second that the Kennedy Center calls and they realize that they're missing a living legend and they decide to choose Janet. They want you to put together a dance tribute. There's time for only three songs. What are the three songs that you're performing? I've been done before. Um, Miss You Much. Mm-hmm. Um, God, this is hard. Ah, doesn't really matter. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I never even asked this. The last one would be, oh God, I'm drawing a blank, drawing a blank, drawing a blank. I love your first choice, Miss You Much. And I think Doesn't Really Matter is fantastic. And I think it's a fan favorite. Like anytime she has performed that live, people lose their minds. Oh, uh, what's the third one? I'm trying to think. Um, I would say the Velvet Rope intro with the canes and stuff. Cause that's, I don't know. I, I love intricate stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That would be kind of cool to see <laughs> if I were to be given that <laughs> opportunity. And yeah, well, listen. Mm-hmm. I hope someone gets the opportunity here very soon because I think that's the next mission on the table before us. Janet needs a Kennedy Center honor. I know. I'm happy she got inducted, but that was way overdue. It was. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mike Litherland because. I, I love that guy so much because he he's done so much for the Janet community and just for him rallying all those fans and the hours of hard work mm-hmm. and, you know, him doing all this from the kindness of his heart, mm-hmm. you know, on set of having a, you know, regular nine to five job, like right. just for all that groundwork and to finally have that, that, that goal accomplished. Yes. And, you know, that shows the power of being a Janet Jackson supporter and being a Janet Jackson fan. I know That's he probably got a thousand texts that day because as soon as I heard, I got a <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't pulled up on stage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's not too late, though. I think that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I think from where she sits, she doesn't always know what's happening, you know, yeah, 40,000 feet yeah. down. But eventually it's going to yeah. get to her. And I know that. But that, I will say that. How could you not know? How could you not know? Unless well, things are being thing is, I think right before um, the nominations were announced, because we talked to him before. Right, Cam? So just before that, mm-hmm. he had just had the opportunity to meet her. But I don't think he like said like, "Hey, I'm Mike Leatherland from yeah, <laughs> in that kind of blah, blah blah blah." But yeah, he had just um, met her at the Billboard Awards. Yeah, I, w- I was there with him. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because we didn't know that we were going to meet her. That was kind of like something they threw at the last minute because we were out in that sun all day for eight hours. And mind you, we all dressed up in all black, so we're like, "Cheat!" <laughs> you know, we didn't get any water. We hungry. Then the cameras are rolling and stuff like that. And we're all like <laughs> barely struggling, you know. And then at the end of the show, they're like, okay, you know, cause we're thinking we're going to get some food. Cause we like walking in the back of the arena. We smell food. We see everybody eating. And like, oh yeah, you guys are going to meet Janet. And we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're kind of fatigued. <laughs> we're like, what? So then everyone got that burst of energy. And it was just like, you know, they had us in groups. And um, yeah, it was for me, I kind of just blanked out because I was just, I was lethargic. I was hungry. And she just looked at me and smiled. And I was like, it's so nice to see you again. Mm-hmm. I shook her hand and the rest was a blur. And I don't think there was enough time to kind of even <laughs> say, you know, who I was or what we do. Because, you know, Joey's like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know how Joey is. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's go, snap and go, snap and go. He's such a hard time. <laughs> no, Joey, he's doing his job. He is right. doing his job. 
I, I just hope one day he gets his 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 flowers because he's done. He will. I'm I'm rooting for Mike. I'm rooting for Mike because he I, I looked yeah. up to him when I was doing this and he helped me out in the beginning. He gave me a lot of his uh induct Janet t-shirts and I gave them to the kids at the first workshop and he was really supportive of everything that I did. So, you know, I'm always in debt to Mike Litherland and keep people like awesome. Kelly Alexander. They really helped me out in the very beginning. I never forgot that. Awesome. Well, that is going to be a wrap for us. We certainly appreciate your time here. We are super excited about your tremendous event that will take place in LA on September 21st. What time does it start? The show starts at one and ends at six, but the doors open at 1230. Okay. And are tickets still available? Yes. You can get them online or at the door. I was hoping you guys would be there so I can meet you guys in person. I know. Yes. We'll have to meet. We'll meet some kind of way somehow. The It'll happen. Will make that happen. Of it will. It will happen. Um, but yeah. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We're so excited about what you do and what you do for uh, not only Janet Jackson, you know, the Janet Jackson community, but also what you're doing for your local community and and the youth that you're really giving a chance um, to make their own dreams come true. So thank you for that. We're super excited to have you here. And, and, and no, thank you guys for having me. Honestly, you guys have done an amazing job. I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts. Like, I love the Chucky Booker interview. Chucky <laughs> was so much fun. Uh, Chucky was yeah. fun. I love the one you did with Aaron. Oh, that, that, oh, I love that guy. He is so fun. Yes. Aaron, Sir Snobby yes, on, yes, on Twitter. Yes. That, that's my guy, man. Yeah. He keeps it real, but hey, he's, yeah, he's a good guy. Good yeah. That's the other thing. Like yeah, Jackson Five fans are fun, man. We mm-hmm. have a good time when we talk to folks from the community. So it's always a good time. Honestly, this felt like I was talking to one of my cousins or something. Like honestly, <laughs> that's the cousin. <laughs> Welcome, you're your cousin now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that really is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, and honestly, there isn't anyone who doesn't need more Janet Jackson, subscribe to our Janet Jackson podcast, Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or many other favorite podcast providers and social media at Janet Jackson Pod. And also, if you are already a subscriber of this podcast, please leave us a comment wherever you are listening. Your comments and likes help other people find us, especially on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a comment on iTunes if you can, even if you listen elsewhere. Our intro and outro music is provided by Good For You by THBD. It's licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finna get off the phone with you. (laughs) Ah! That's funny. Okay, I'll just keep trying. Um... <laughs> yeah, so together again is where we think about things of the past that have either come back again or that we would like to be reunited with again. Hence, together again. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I do want to see together again is Hardy's or Carl Jr., depending on your region, to bring that chicken back. <laughs> Do you remember that chicken? Barely. That's too funny. I haven't thought about Hardy's chicken in like 10 years. <laughs> well, I just remember Hardy's was in the chicken business. They were. And I mean, you could pull up and get a burger or you get you an eight piece chicken <laughs> meal. <laughs> and when I tell you that was some good crispy chicken. <laughs> Lord. My mom, my mom kept them in business on the chicken side. So when they actually discontinued it, I was 
blown away. I was like, no, bring that chicken back. <laughs> too funny. It's so funny, too, that you said about the regions, because I remember we were on a bus trip from Michigan to like Virginia. And so like some of them didn't have everything. So you like stop at one hardy. So you're like, uh, want to get the fried chicken? And like, we don't got fried chicken. Then the next one, <laughs> next one didn't have a sourdough burger. Like, can y'all get on the same page? Is there a meeting when Hardy's gets together and discuss? What you gonna supposed to be the same. (laughs) (laughs) But it was good. I loved it. I mean, I was like, you know how people were about this Popeye's chicken sandwich, which I tasted. (laughs) I was gonna ask you, have you had that Popeye's chicken sandwich? I just wanna say I like Chick fil A. (laughs) You know what? I don't even know if I could talk to you anymore because I loved that sandwich it was so good like this is what i was telling people because my friend we always i don't know why but i have a friend that we always are ranking things so he called and we were gonna rank chicken sandwiches after he had the popeye sandwich (laughs) and he had a similar experience to mine which was i went in there i was bamboozled though because like i went into popeyes and it was a lot of Mm -hmm. people in popeyes but it wasn't a lot of people in line so i was like okay and it didn't occur to me that they was not in line because they were waiting for their food so i like placed my order and i still had to wait 40 minutes for a sandwich too long (laughs) popeyes chicken sandwich definitely wrote a check that popeyes customer service cannot cash (laughs) but (laughs) we were ranking and he was like i still think that wendy's has the very best chicken sandwich and i was like i haven't had a wendy's chicken sandwich probably since the 90s but i remember i did really like but i said to him (laughs) think about it you waited 40 minutes for a popeye's chicken sandwich and when you took that first bite you forgot about those 40 minutes didn't you (laughs) and he's like yeah i did (laughs) i was like do you think you could wait 40 minutes for a winnie's chicken sandwich and forget you waited 40 minutes he's like nah (laughs) we gotta move popeyes to the top (laughs) the only thing i have to say is my chicken sandwich tasted like the shrimp batter that they use for that so i really want to chalk it up to a bad experience yeah i think so because we were trying to figure out the consistency it was so good like like they were so it was so crisp i couldn't even understand that i was like how do you batter chicken and it be this crisp like i couldn't like it don't make no sense i was like they gotta be all sorts of crimes and criminal violations in this sandwich because it's too good it don't make sense (laughs) 